This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Let's change gears a bit and look at how social media has become a place of bullying for some people, a place to stifle other people's voices, and a place to take away uh, other people's activism. And I will be joined by founder of Decode Communications, uh, Lorato Tsingeng, uh, to take us through an opinion piece that he did uh, for the Sunday Times online where he was arguing that political opinion is free for all, including entertainers, making an argument that, in fact, what has been a creeping tendency over the last uh, few, uh, call it few years in actual fact, um, on uh, South African uh, social media, especially on Twitter, is uh, the ease at which, you know, entertainers are quickly Put in their place. He also draws uh, from his time uh, serving in political office in parliament. We'll also talk to that as to how we tend to place our opponents in their place uh, without necessarily engaging the substance of their arguments. Lorado, a good morning to you, brother, and uh, welcome to Power Talk. Good morning to you, Lukona, and good morning to the listeners. Thank you for inviting me. No, thank you for making the time. Perhaps. Uh, let me just ask you know it when you when you are a writer when you decide to write on something it it really takes something in you being moved to actually commit that time to write and edit and write i mean what is it that agitated you so much to want to pen this piece so look on i i had been making this observation for a while right but i was getting a little bit annoyed uh, mm. by how i am observing that uh, there are those who have all of a sudden become gatekeepers of who can speak and who cannot, right? Particularly around expressing uh, opinions on social and political issues. But most importantly, I, I had been thinking about, so if we were to reflect on what social media has been able to do for us as citizens of the world, mm. one, if you look at a trend such as Ojiwaki-ing, uh, right? And, and, and you look at it from a from a just a, a, a analytical point of view and a qualitative uh, analysis. You 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 will you will realize that a lot of the people use that hashtag to express their frustrations in their lives, mm. right? And and uh, what that points to is that that so that, that that portion or at least that the, the platform at the time served as an outlet for people who may not have had that outlet, right? Whether from family space, uh, workspaces, or even any or, or, or social clubs or whatever the, the, the place may be, right? Of course, then the, 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 the second part is that while people find or use social media for different purposes, right? Then there's always uh, the intention to engage on social matters. How often do we meet over a bribe or over coffee, and we di- discuss the the things that happen in our country, mm-hmm. right? And and it, it bothers me that if Lukona and I can be cordial in how we engage and how we disagree, because that you and I meet for tea and discuss things political, it does not mean that we agree, right? But uh, we, we treat our disagreement in a more uh, civil manner. 
But when we deal with strangers, there seems to be uh, this thought of, you know, being dismissive, uh, you, you know, especially when uh, the, the substance of the, the argument cannot be raised. Now, Lorato, there seems to be a particular pattern you are observing, at least uh, on social media, at least on Twitter, uh, where we are concerned, where entertainers uh, are quickly put in their place to say, focus on your music. And I think you use an example there um, of uh, Amanda Black. Uh, just take us through that. Sure. So, so uh, Amanda, Amanda Black uh, in frustration, and again, you, you know, we, like I was ex- uh, saying earlier, uh, we, we use social media for uh, a number of things, you know, just even expressing frustration. And that's exactly what she was doing, right? Expressing frustration. Uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, there was a, a number of people who agreed with her, shared the same sentiment. And then there were those that disagreed with her, right? Mm. And for me, that was constructive to say, disagree with Amanda, substantiating why you disagree. And then there was a particular uh, 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 tweet who then decided to, uh, you, you know, just say to her that leave politics to us politicians, but focus on, uh, uh, you, you focus on, on your music, right? And uh, there were a number of tweets who, one, came to Amanda's defense, all in the name of freedom of expression and big ups to those. But there were a few who were laughing. And sometimes, you know, when people laugh on Twitter, you don't know whether they are laughing because they are agreeing with the sentiment of somebody who says that uh, stay in your lane or they are laughing because they just find that moment to be, to be a laughable, a laughable moment. Right. And, 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 and for me, uh, Lukona, again, then there was a pale Tusi one uh, earlier, in the, later in the week. Then there was, there, there was another one with, there was another one with uh, uh, Terry Peto, right? And again, uh, Terry Peto, she didn't even say much, Lukona. She just said, Siseka uh, kid, right? Mm. And, and, and there, <laughs> there was another tweet who responded in a similar way, right? She's just making observation. And for me, what bothers me is this uh, really is cyber harassment Mm. uh, more than anything. And it seems you suggest that uh, this cyber harassment might be learned from other circles. You reflect on your time when you were part of Dr. Mfume Tandala's team um, in parliament as he was the leader of the caucus for the Congress of the People following the 2009 elections. And you say a lot of people would remind him to actually go back to being a Muruti. As I read your piece, it reminded me of the 2010 uh, first ever debate on the on a motion of no confidence on former President Zuma, where Minister Lindu Esesulu uh, came down like a ton of bricks on the Mfundisi. Uh, absolutely, Lukona. In, in fact, uh, take it even a, a, a few uh, steps back, right? One of the things that we observe, particularly around the 2008 uh, movement, and I want to call it a movement, right, where, where you know there was a groundswell of people uh, unhappy with what had happened to uh, former President Habombeki. Uh, then there was a semblance or, or, or some uh, semblance of political intolerance, right? So you'd remember during the times of COP, for instance, you know, whenever there would be meetings, meetings would be, bit, so you book a meeting hall in a, in a town, and then all of a sudden when, when people arrive there, the doors are shut because they say, no, you didn't follow the right procedure to book, uh, to book mm. the venue and, and, and right? 
And then uh, what I had observed was that that kind of political intolerance shifted to now COPE is, COPE is, is, is in, in parliament, right, with 30 seats. Uh, you, you, you can't even, you can't wish it away. But the one other way to further demonstrate that political intolerance was then to be dismissive of, and again, you know, with, with, with a, a lot of the, the debates in parliament, the leader of parliament, the, the leader of the uh, party would get, or whoever is given to speak, would get a considerable amount of time to speak. And Dr. Gume Dandala uh, would then have, you know, uh, relatively enough time to speak. But what, uh, what was always and he had, he had always mentally prepared for that right to say i know that in pol- or i've observed that in politics uh, sometimes it is not about the substance of your argument but people can be quite dismissive because they almost want to quickly get either with you know a, vo- a majority vote to dismiss your, your point on all of that but it was worrying when we now started seeing that it was not even that it was more to uh, you, you know this kind of uh, staying in your lane message to mm. say you are a priest, you have no place here. Forgetting that Dr. Ngume Dandala was actually part of you know the the the, the uh, team that was uh, mediating during the KZN. You know when KZN was was burning in the in the late 90s, in the in the uh, mid to late 90s, right? And he was also part of the peace uh, mediation missions uh, as well on the African continent. And, and that always baffled me to say, how do you say to somebody who actually has this kind of pedigree mm. to say that they must stay in their lane? Absolutely. And it's very worrying times indeed. My guest is Lorato Tsingeng, a founder of Decode Communications, talking to his opinion piece. Political opinion is free for all, including entertainers. And Lorato, as you are talking to me on Twitter, I have uh, Lupe who says, you know what, it's not only so-called celebrities. We are called clever blacks when we voice opposing views or opinions. There seems to be, you know, as you are talking about intolerance, and I, I read some few years ago, um, I think it was on the New York Times, an interesting piece about how the promise of social media to have a democratizing effect insofar as how people receive and consume news um, has actually been turned around by virtual of cyberbullying, virtue of, you know, bots being there to serve a particular agenda and just uh, harass those who have different opinions, swear at people the vulgarity that we receive at times uh, on some of the things that we put out. It's really quite bizarre. Uh, This promise of social media to have a democratizing effect, Lorado, seems to be being taken away by intolerance. To, to, to a great extent, Lukona, but, but like I point out in the article, right, that, that uh, I am not one to uh, demonize social media, right? In my view, a lot of what is on social media is almost a reflection of what is in society. And I know that it sounds a little bit mm. uh, cliched, right? But if you think about cancel culture as an example, cancel culture is not only about what happens on social media. People are saying, uh, listen, if you are an R. Kelly, and uh, we now uh, uh, have new information about how you went about, you, you know, uh, treating women, uh, abusing them, and, and all sorts. We are now going to mute you. And, and the action or the reaction is really not social media based, right? It's more a, we, we will use social media to call on radio stations to stop 
playing a, a particular mm. band, in this case, an Archelis music, right? So they use, it, they use it as a form of activism. But what is the downside of that, right? Look at uh, a, a number, one or two people who may have been accused of something uh, that, 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 that they did, and then it comes out that they actually did not, did not do that, right? The, the biggest challenge there is how do you then almost uh, compensate that person for that loss at the time during the cancel culture? But also, you then have an interesting trend where the cancel culture can now come out from more a vindictive point of view, right? Mm. And that's where it becomes exceptionally destructive, where people uh, uh, produce uh, untruths, they want to present them as truths, and they seek sympathy from users uh, on social media. And then, uh, unfortunately, because we, we don't always respond based on uh, you know evidence, based on facts, we, we almost respond more from an emotive point of view. And when we see somebody who seems to be a victim, the response is, the intuitive response is to support them. And that becomes a danger to a certain extent. Lorato Mongezi on Twitter is asking, how do we use social media to not play the person, but the topic or the discussion at hand? Also, when people play the person, how do we respond? Uh, the, 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 so, so answering the last part, most importantly, we must always affirm everyone's right to freedom of expression, right? And, 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 and that is why I, I even, you, you know, it closed my article by, uh, you, the, with, with Evelyn Berenice Hall's words, where, when, when, uh, quote, when she says, I may disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it, right? And I think we become a better society, Lukona, when we are that kind, those kinds of people, right? Where we acknowledge that what Lukona is going to say, may, may, I may not agree with, right? As long as he's not offending me, as long as he's not, you, you know, making, uh, uh, you know, uh, some uh, casting aspersions or, or you, you know, you're not being, being uh, uh, call it, you, 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 you're not, you're not, being unnecessarily rude, mm. right? Uh, I ought to defend your right to say what 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 what, what uh, you you want to say. The, so to to the to Mongez's first question, right? Uh, I, I guess the, the the most important thing is to also check ourselves, right? And one of the things that I've observed uh, is, is that we don't always we are not always aware of our own biases, right? So somebody may be thinking that, uh, or at least their view may be that celebrities are not that bright. Mm. The reason they are in their vocation, or they are singers, or they are, you know, or they, they are a talk show host, not even a talk show, they are a host of a music program, it is because they look, they, they are beautiful, right? There is a bias right there. So, so for me, the most important thing is to acknowledge that you have a particular bias and the likelihood of you responding with that kind of bias to, end, to a thought may not necessarily be to the subject of what is being raised, but it is more to your bias. 
People of power, if you want to be part of this conversation, you know that dial is 0861-987-000 before you accuse me of closing you out of it. Uh, Lorato, you also seem to make another suggestion. And, uh, you know, Friday was the 58th year since uh, that uh, address to the United Nations General Assembly uh, by Miriam Makeba. You, you remind us of, you know, the importance of that speech and the importance of the involvement of entertainers and artists um, in the cause of uh, liberation. And so exactly what you are saying, some people thinking that, yeah, there may be a type of people whose occupation or vocation uh, does not make them feel confident that uh, they are nuanced or bright enough to participate in a particular conversation. But you actually say uh, in history, political activism has not only been uh, a typical preserve of those who appear conventionally to be politicians. Absolutely, look on, and, and 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 you know what 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 is uh, so two two things, two observations from uh, the Mama Miriam, Mama Africa's uh, uh, case, right? With with the speech that she delivered uh, or the address at the UN National As- General Assembly, right? Mm. One, she was 28 at the time, right? Which is uh, almost the average age of a lot of us who are on social media, right? Uh, the second thing is that uh, she. After that speech, she was actually banned or banished from South Africa, right? Which, in my view, talks to the strength of one here is somebody who decides to be not only be an activist, but an ambassador of those that are, you know, disenfranchised, dehumanized in, in, in in her home country. And all that she has is... People know me for my music, but I want them to also uh, know me for, you know, a person who stands for something. Mm. And, and, and I guess that, that is the, the, the most important thing about, or at least one of the things that I've observed with people who have relatively uh, greater influence in society, right, where they, they tend to take a stand. And for me, that, that, that uh, uh, speech or that address, it affirms that importance uh, for those who have, uh, relatively greater influence, and of course, uh, artists, musicians, football players, netball players, and, and a whole lot of people who ordinarily get to be on our screens uh, more often, and, and you know we get to pay to go and watch and, and listen to them. They will always have a greater following uh, look on, right? And for me, it's it's then the how do we you know make sure that we help them not to self censor. Because imagine if Mami Romaki, because a lot of the artists, uh, or at least a few artists that I know, they censor themselves. You, you talk to them, they mm-hmm. have these brilliant ideas, they have this, you know, they are spot on with their analysis, right, on, on the, 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 the issues of social and political, with their political views, right? But you then ask, why are you not sharing these ideas on social? And they say, listen, I don't want to be trolled. Now, right? Lerato, how, how do we, though, uh, safeguard against mischief and i'm going to try and be very careful in how i phrase this to you where these prominent figures entertainers and artists are at times used to popularize certain political interests uh, not because they necessarily believe in those political interests but because they probably feel that there may be some monetary gain down the line being accepted to do certain gigs and so on how, how do you safeguard against that mischief and what's your message uh, to people who ought to be aware of the 
followings that they command in society and they don't misuse it uh, at a disservice to the country? One, uh, all of us as users of social media, like any other media that we consume, we need to be exceptionally circumspect and we need to be thinking a lot about the content that we we read and uh, consume and share, right? But secondly, uh, of course, a lot of these uh, uh, people with greater following, they are likely to leverage that following to for commercial gain, right? And when we are circumspect, we are easily are going to be able to distinguish when somebody uh, like a DJ's boo, right, who we know that ordinarily always uses his presence, whether it's online, uh, on broadcast, to promote to promote his, his his beverage, right? So you can tell whenever there's a self-promotion thing. But also, you then know the DJ's boo who talks to encouraging entrepreneurs, talking about the importance of entrepreneurs, and he's likely to appeal to somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur. So I'm saying when we are circumspect, we are likely to be able to distinguish when somebody is uh, one, using their, their following to amplify a particular a, agency's uh, uh, message, or when they are sincere and genuinely talking to, to us. You look at, uh, uh, you, you look at uh, uh, Amanda Black's message as an mm. example, right? Uh, I, 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 I may be proven otherwise. I do not see how that could have been a paid tweet. But also, who says that Lorado as a PR person is not paid? Who says mm. that Lucona uh, as a political analyst and a broadcaster is not paid, right? So if we, we, we must start from the point of assuming that not everyone who speaks is paid when they offer a political opinion and thought. Well, Lorato, on that note, I must uh, confess to the people of power that I will leave uh, this platform poorer than before because you didn't pay me to be on air. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us and making time to unpack that piece for us. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.